rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for showing up and hanging out with me every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. Personally, I prefer the YouTube channel, to tell you the truth. So Facebook is on my last nerve, and, you know, it is what it is. We built a community on Facebook. We ended up – that's where it started, I guess. Well, I, I made the website, Republican Dirty Tricks, and then we made the Facebook page, and the Facebook page started getting a lot of followers. Now we have, like, 150,000 followers there, although – if only that actually meant anything. It doesn't really. I mean, it meant anything as far as keeping us afloat. That's why I ask you to please become a patron and support the show. And thank you, Jim. I just popped over to the YouTube. Once again, out of the gate, Jim hits the ground running with a super chat. That means the world. That will keep the show going. It's the dedicated supporters. All of a sudden, I just felt like I was on PBS when I said that. Yeah, this is the liberal media. You're looking at it. So, yeah, we hope that the show will keep going. This week I was... I, I love doing the show. I do. I do it also for my mental health. So, I guess... I don't know. Because I was thinking, how long can we keep this going? But... And I really... I I have some high hopes for the show and the site. So, I hope... Uh, we, I, I mean, I hope that we get more patrons. That's just really the bottom line. I see other liberal shows. Uh, we were talking about this the other day, how um, some of these liberal shows that I see on YouTube have like 4,000 patrons. How the hell did that happen? I'm like, jeez. I, I I'm not jealous. I'm saying that I look at that as something to aspire to. I think we can get there. But we we have a long way to go, even though we do we're we're doing oh we're not doing okay we're doing it's we're doing less than nothing that's good and I'm glad everybody who's who's a patron right now are these are the dedicated uh, contributors and de the dedicated uh, you know participants of this so yeah the Young Turks I'm looking at the chat devotee on the Young Turks they. They have a billion, not a billion, they, some big moneyed interest backed them. That's what happened. I don't know who it is. I don't. I know Bob Kincaid knows the story. But they got some big buku bucks from some billionaire benefactor. And, yeah, I wish that they would benefact over here and do it, do it for us. So, then, yeah, but we can, well, if we, we continue to grow... It's inevitable. The consistency is going to be key. And all, and also, you guys sharing. Sharing the show. Talking about the show. Sharing it with your friends. Well, I mean, I know we're in this together. So, um, yeah. So, keep coming back. It works if you work it. And work it, you're worth it. And we're, uh, so this week, what was I, gonna, I was just going to look something up here. Or the other thing, what do I, what else do I have to say? Um, we're on Progressive Voices starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern. And then, yeah, anytime on the Progressive Voices app, you can 
go in and check us out. And what else? What else? What else? Oh, please give the show a good review on iTunes. I don't want to hear that my voice is a rake on a chalkboard. I don't want to hear that kind of shit. Keep it to yourselves. Go talk to your therapist about it. I know I'll be talking to mine about it, so might as well we can commiserate together. And um, that's what I was thinking of today. I was thinking of, I guess it gets on my nerves when liberals write me hate letters. I get it from, the, the when a Republican writes me, when a fascist writes me, I'm like, great. That means... I'm doing it correctly, frankly. That's the that's the feedback you want from a right winger. But when a liberal writes me and tells me things that what am I supposed to do? You know? Um, yeah, your voice is a rake on a chalkboard. Oh, he said chalk uh nails on a chalkboard. And you're I pre- I appreciate who is this woman? I appreciate her passion and her dedication, but um sorry, buddy, get lost. I kicked him off the page, frankly. I, I, I need, you know, I'm not that uh, I'm not that evolved. So I was like, okay, bye. Bye-bye. Get out of here. You know, you like everything that we post. You like, you like sucking up our content, but you don't want to per- participate. It's just that you might as well be a Republican. That's the thing. He's like, oh, I, I appreciate the articles at RDT Daily. I appreciate the memes that you create, and I appreciate all of the liberal content. But, you know, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this bitch talking. I don't want to hear... And and who is this always asking for money? That's the other thing. Because it says on the page, please become a patron. Always asking for... Oh, I'm sorry, my lord. We should all d- just entertain you. Are you not entertained, my lord, for free? Anyway, whatever. <laughs> We're going to be talking about this for like every week until the end of time. No, until I get another letter from somebody. But it doesn't matter how many decent letters. I get a lot of nice letters, too, that I appreciate. There's always that one, right? The one in the, it's like everybody in the whole crowd can say, can, can say, we love you, we love you. Then there's one idiot. That's the one that you remember. The one who's like, who is this bitch? Who is this annoying person? Oh, I appreciate... Well, help, tell me how I should behave. You appreciate my, my passion and dedication. Do you just want me to shut my, my bitch mouth? I don't know. Sorry. This is where I live. I live in New York. I was born in New York. I, I hate my accent, too. I mean, it is what it is. I wish I had a nice English accent, an Irish accent, actually. That would be nice, because then I w- would have been born where I should have been born, off this goddamn merciless armed madhouse. And then I would be looking out from afar, off from my white cliffs of Dover, saying, what a bunch of freaks over there. What the hell happened to the United States? What a bunch of idiots, losers. And I would also be looking at England, saying, what the hell? What's going on in this world? You know what's going on. I'll tell you in a minute. Wait, I was good, I just wanted to look something up here. I just want to. The other day, I, I I googled this for just for shits and giggles. How many billionaires in the world? I'm trying to get the exact number. That's why I was wondering how many billionaires are there? Because we're always we always got to suck the ass of billionaires, right? How many are there? In the world, we're talking about the whole Earth. By this is from Forbes, 
by our latest count, there are 2,153 billionaires. 2,000? That's like there were more people on the goddamn train on Friday at the subway than there are billionaires, and we all have to work for these mother effers so they can ride our, our lives to continuously to the bank. Oh, please don't pester them with the pesky concerns like democracy. Don't, pesky, don't pester them. They're busy counting their zeros on their balance sheet and, and, and hiring one half of the working class to kill the other half of the working class. It's unbelievable. We, oh, but we can't have nice things. We can't have normal things. We can't have a functioning society that works for all. We have to step over the, the poor and hope. You know what? I, I, I hope, hope that's not me. I don't want to lose what I have. Uh, better not be me. Ooh, I got away a little bit longer until it's you, until, it's, until it is you. That's the, the thing that I can't stand hearing the most. When I, I think I was telling you guys about this. I was listening to Tom Hartman one day, and this lady called up, and she was like, oh, I, I used to be one of those people that said, I don't want to lose my health care, because her husband had a nice, had a union job. You know, that union, the uh, liberal socialists all bled and died for all of the benefits that she enjoys just by mere the fact that she married somebody, right? She pulled herself up by her bootstraps and married a guy who, with a good union job. And so the, all of many years, they were like, oh, we don't want Medicare for all because we'll lose our, our Cadillac health care plan that, that this, you know, Joe Schmo's union reps fought and negotiated for. Instead of negotiating for decent working environments or hours or or living wages, the the elite get to hold your health care over your head as well. So, you know, you would like you would think that smart people would want to disarm them of that of that cudgel, but not the divided states of serfs and lords. Not here in the stupid armed madhouse. So. But she called up Tom Hartman and was like, now that my husband is retiring, he's going to be retiring, she said, in like a year or two years or something. And all of a sudden, we're so worried. What are we going to do? What are we going to do about our health care until they have a a little window or something? She has a window. I don't know what it is. Until she reaches um, Medicare age, till she can get back on you know the the Medicare that liberals fought, bled, and died to 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 entrust to her, right? To give her. So she, uh, but she's now all of a sudden she's woken up. Now I see because she's all worried. Where, where's she going to get her health care from? She doesn't have her. She won't have her union job. Her husband is retiring. She won't have have that union plan. And so now she sees the the uh, benefit. How all the of of actually having a system that covers everyone? Oh, here comes Tara Junior. Mamma mia! Why, Junior? Why every time? Just sit down. Just sit. Just sit. Nobody knows. Nobody. Nobody wants to hear you. <laughs> they don't want to hear your cat voice. 
You have health care. He's got a good plan, too. He's got a good plan. I mean, I pay for it. He's got probably better health insurance than a lot of people, but whatever. Then, then, which is shit, sad. That's the thing. The um, How many Americans don't have health care at all? 85 million, or over 85 million. But as long as the 2,153 billionaires are, are fine, we should all just uh, hope hope that it, it, life doesn't catch up to us, that we don't wake up one day on the wrong side of Reaganomics for some, whatever reason. Just we're getting older or our husband retires, and we're not quite Medicare age yet. So now I understand. Oh, gee, that's why... They uh that normal people are advocating for for Medicare for all. All right, Tara Junior, come on, come on, man. Ugh. Sit down, sit. I'm sorry, guys. Just sit, just sit. Anyway, guys, I'm just annoyed. Um, at that whole at the at the short sightedness, and that's also the it's divide and conquer. It's the oldest trick in the book, right? Well, how do you keep people fighting amongst each other You, while the rich run away with the entire— they're not just running away with the piggy bank. They're running away with the bank, the, the building, the floorboards, the marble, the, the uh, everything, the tellers, everyone. It's a heist. So, and we're, the, and we're stupid. I mean, we're not stupid because we understand, but we're, we have to be dragged down the river— with a bunch of morons. Because why? Because they're so afraid. They're, they don't see the forest through the trees. They don't see how they're being manipulated. And how, the, what, what do they think? 2,153 2, billionaires in the world? And the world has to revolve around them? I mean, that's not even enough to um, have a decent feed, to carve up and eat for dinner. I'm wearing my Billionaire's It's What's for Dinner t-shirt. Available at the RDT Daily Store. <laughs> yeah, this is a shitty week for the serfs, as Sin City, Nevada says. It's true. Um, so many things here. Well, one of the things I want to talk about, let me see, just checking in on the time. I can't believe it's already, well, I was late. I was late. I was a minute or two late, but... It's already 15 minutes into the show. How is this possible? It's like it's like I blink. I, do I go into a time warp or something? I hope it's as short for you as it is for me because that means it's good. You know what I mean? Like we're having a good time. We're having fun here. Well, fun. Is it fun? It's it's nice, I should say. Not what's the word? It's good to get together and be with our community. It's not is it fun? Um it's cathartic in a way, and um, I guess it's, it keeps uh, it keeps the old depression out away. I don't know. It makes I guess, remedy is uh, the remedy for depression is action. It's always action. So, but we have to get together. We talk about what what has to happen, and one day we never give up. That's how. We're going to change this country and the world. We're in big trouble. So what are, what are we saying today? So, okay, this week, what, what the hell happened? Okay, Trump is getting impeached. What is the point of impeaching him when it's going to, it's going to Mitch McConnell? He's already decided that 
He's it's it's a done deal. He's not gonna he's not gonna let his his dim furor go. The dumb leader. No way. It the fix is in. So how is this possible? We see. I mean, the Republicans are at some um, watching the the spectacle that they put on the the yelling at whoever yelling into the into the Fox News echo chamber for for the audience of one yelling at what what were they yelling and speaking really fast that's that was the tactic you can impeach Trump he's speaking uh, I'm speaking really fast and loud not that um none of them would answer the question though is it okay for a president to solicit help for in a in a domestic election to use taxpayer money to force a foreign government to interfere in our election for the benefit of that president is that okay then none of them would answer that because they know the answer be, they know be, they don't give a shit this country is going down the tube the, the, I mean, it's just one tube. It's uh, right into fascism. Oh, it's I, I don't know. It, maybe it's a mixture. It's it's oligarchy. It's sort of like it'll be sort of like Putin's Russia, where you have a handful of oligarchs that decide everything, that run run and own everything, run everything, own everything, and we the we the sheeple, the the serfs, will hope to just get by in this life. Yeah, that's that'll be it. And um, the and so when I was thinking about what I was going to call the show too today, um, yeah, I was like, cause all right, a couple of things. Not only the impeachment, it's the fixes in. Why why don't the Democrats put a pin in it? What what is this rush to get the the articles of impeachment over to Mitch McConnell? What is the rush? Obviously, it's the f- they are fixing it for their dim fura, and it doesn't matter. He's he's taking them to dinner. He's inviting them over. He's having long walks on the beach with all the people who are supposed to be the jury. And how is that okay? And so the the Democrats who are so goddamn dumb that they believe that what do, what do they think they the all of a sudden these fascists are not going to they're going to stop being fascist have they been paying attention since the turn of the last century of who they're dealing with i i don't think so and they as if they think that mitch mcconnell is going to suddenly do the right thing why not have a long impeachment hold it out every week a different crime week after week it doesn't matter what they uh what the republicans are going to they're going to whine and complain anyway it does not matter but all, you don't even have to make shit up there are many crimes not brought to the table that he's getting away what about the campaign finance crime that would have sent any of those congress people to jail and the senators to jail for uh in the campaign bribing uh, or paying off a porn star with campaign funds why isn't that in the articles of impeachment? And why do, why do you have to quickly get it to Mitch McConnell so he can wipe his ass with it and call it a wash? Null and void. Nothing, hap- nothing to see here. 
Twitter's all no harm, no foul. You see, it's a it's it's been a sham all along. Why are you giving him that win? And also, on top of the win of USMCA, why did you why did the Democrats give him something else to run on in the election? And we talked about this in the in the last show. I'm still baffled by this. Why are they insisting on giving Twitler uh, victories? The, he's an existential crisis. He's the threat to democracy. He's the greatest threat to this country we've ever had to endure. And yet, he, here we go. Give him a win. Let's work with him. We can work bipartisanly with this fascist? With a, with a traitor, with a dictator-envying con man who received fewer votes? Why isn't it every single time they, that a Democrat gets in front of a microphone that he or she doesn't say, the, the, the so-called president who received fewer votes again and again and again, who installed the illegitimate Neil Gorsuch and the illegitimate Judge Kavanaugh Again and again and again. And if it doesn't work out, you know what I mean? We need to secede. Let's secede. All right. If they won't do it, let's do it. I'm so tired of them. that They want to have their dictator envying and con man who received fewer votes. I saw Jim Jordan at the impeachment hearing going on how, oh, they don't like us. As they, there was a sign behind him, the coastal elites, the coastal with uh, pictures of Democrats. Uh, because they, we, Democrats from California and New York, because that's what Republicans do. It's the coastal squ- uh, impeachment squad. That's what, what uh, Jim Jordan said, because that's what they do. You, would you ever have a Democrat getting up there with a sign that says the, uh, the Kentucky uh, shit, the, you know, uh, shit-eating assholes squad or the Kansas losers or the, I don't know, the, um, I don't know, Minnesota, is that in the north? No, I don't know, what is it? I'm trying to remember, in the south, I mean. Um, you know, uh, meth- Methodonians, who the hell, you know what I mean? You, it's just that the Republicans, that's what they do. They divide, they point at Democratic states as if they're not part of the United States. So I'm really tired of them doing that. I've been tired since uh, before Reagan. This is what they do. They, they campaign on that. They go around. Massachusetts liberals, California liberals, Chicago politics, New York values. Well, fuck you. Get out. Secede. If they won't get effing secede, I mean, what, don't we have any dignity? You know, it's after a while. It's like when you're in a, a shitty failed relationship, it's not up to the other per- person. You're like, you know what? I, I have too much respect for myself. To remain in this unworkable relationship. Good night, goodbye, and then when they come home, everything's gone. That's what we need to do. You know what? You're you're right. It's okay for a for a so-called president, a dictating a dictator, envying con man who received fewer votes, to solicit and use taxpayer money to force a a, a foreign government to interfere in our election for the appearance of dirt on his political rival, that's okay. If that's what you think, fine. But we're, we're getting out of here. We don't think that. We believe in democracy. We believe in the grand experiment. We're going to continue with that. You can have your oligarchy your, in your 
in where god you can have your uh i don't know um your your capital can be kansas somewhere in kansas <sighs> you can have your jesus you can have your church intertwined with state you could do all those things all think of the freedom d-u-m-b free f-r-e-e-d-u-m-b why are we constantly dragging these people as uh, into civilization well they don't want it they don't they never wanted it to begin with we've been dealing with this for since before the civil war enough is enough we got to appease these racists these morons these these idiots i mean look at them uh jim jordan devin nunez uh louis gohmert that's their squad a squad of whiny pedophile enabling white pasty morons who look up to a con man because he he played a successful businessman on reality TV that's their that's their leader it's nobody it's not somebody who's authentic legitimate who's smart I, I, everywhere you look in his family and his history and his reality everything is a disgusting assault on humanity everything from attacking a 16-year-old because she received an honor you think you deserve. I mean, how tiny and little do you have to be to be jealous of a 16-year-old when you're a 70-fucking-five... How old is he? When you're in your 70s. What a, what a little, tiny, little embarrassment to human DNA. I mean, really? Come on. And that's, that's what you want? Okay. And they keep saying, oh, you want, the Democrats want to overturn an election. You know what? No, we want the one who received the most votes to actually serve. I don't want to be under the thumb of Jim Jordan when he's got the, the constituency of a small town on Staten Island. I hate them. I, have, I'm th I need blood pressure medicine or something. I need some cliffs of Dover. The other thing that happened in the UK, they elected Boris Johnson. And all over the corporate media, you knew it, I knew it, it was coming. Everything that happens seems to be a lesson for liberals in not going too far left. See, it doesn't matter what happens. Even if Corbyn won, it would be a lesson in not going too far left over here. This is the agenda of the corporate media. I actually, I received a, a note from Kay Petrini, who's a friend and a supporter and a patron. We've met a couple of times at the Mike Malloy gathering down in the North Georgia mountains. Those are really great weekends, the Malloy weekends. And she contacted me about her experience watching Morning Joe, because I'm a, I always get on here and I, I critique Morning Joe, because it has to be critiqued. This is why I ask you, I'm not just saying this. I ask you to support the liberal media. This is the liberal media. Me, Mike Malloy, Bob Kincaid, Progressive Voices. That's the liberal media. This is what we're up against. The corporate media, they have an agenda. They don't mind the fact that the United States is the least upwardly mobile. They don't think there's anything wrong with that. They like it. They just want it. They don't want uh, Twitler. They want, they'd rather it be less chaos. You see, they still want the working class to be the working poor, 
They want the working poor to think of themselves as the middle class. That's the new middle class. And they like it to stay that way. They don't want you getting too uppity. They don't want you to, to think that government, we the people, can do anything that can actually improve people's lives, even though, as we see throughout history, the only reason we ever even ha had a middle class was because government of we the people designed policies to, to make the middle class. Like FDR said, we planned it that way. Kay writes, Hi Tara, I was listening to Morning Joe this morning, and all I could think about was how they get, they just don't get it. Your last couple of programs, you've hit the nail on the head as far as what's wrong with these DLC Democrats. When I heard the segment about the elections in Britain, I wanted to scream. Here they are, talking about how some of the working class areas in England had voted conservative for the first time, flocking to the conservatives. And all I can think was, hello, what do you think the working class in this country's been doing for the last 40 years? 40 fucking years. Because Democrats do not draw clear distinctions or offer them any real alternative. It is just terrifying, the whole freaking thing. And I, I'm terrified, too, because they are going, they're setting up a second Twitler term. This is what they're doing. Do not be, be deceived. When, okay, I don't want to, I really don't want it to happen. I don't, uh, I don't want Twitler to be reelected because for the sake of life on the planet, but they are, they don't be fooled. It just, Jeremy Corbyn lost the, the, the election in, in England because he was a shitty candidate who was, not because he was too far left. It's about who you run. If the 2016 election didn't teach them anything, of course they're not going to see that it doesn't, it, what really matters is the people who have something to vote for. So you cannot compare Jeremy Corbyn to Bernie Sanders, although that's what they're doing. So all over the corporate media, they let me just play this, this morning Joe effing thing. Prime Minister Boris Johnson and his Conservative Party are celebrating a commanding win, securing a majority in the British Parliament and paving the way for the UK's exit from the European Union early next year. Overnight, Labour Party leader Jeremy Corbyn announced that he will be stepping down after the opposition not only failed to oust the ruling Conservatives, but also lost dependable seats in Parliament. Let's go to Keir Sammons. He's, uh, he's outside 10 Downing right now. Uh, and Keir, uh, the worst labor uh, drubbing since 87, possibly 83. And um, it was shocking uh, watching the map last night across that red wall that labor had built through the yeah. Midlands and the North for, by the way, for, for 100 years, over the past century. We aren't talking about like yeah. since Thatcher, but like over the past hundred years, and you have conservatives winning in the Midlands and the North, uh, which, again, for for people following British politics, just a shocking development. What a loss for Jeremy Corbyn and Labour. 
Yeah, absolutely it's stunning. A loss for absolutely Earth, uh, seismic, Joe. Let me just show you the front page of the Daily Mail here. Uh, the front page there, rejoice, <laughs> quoting uh, Margaret Thatcher, because as you say, you have to go back to the 1980s uh, for an example of this kind of a political earthquake. Uh, Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, we're just waiting for him to come back to 10 Downing Street, having uh, been to see the Queen, she to ask him uh, to form a government, and what a government he is going to lead. You have to think about Thatcher, think about Blair to understand how much Boris Johnson will now be in charge of the of the political landscape here in Britain. And Joe, uh, what you're talking about is is right because it is a completely changed landscape. What you've seen is working class British people in those uh, former industrial areas of the Midlands and the north of England turning away uh, from the Labour Party from the left. And I heard what Caddy Kay had to say earlier. Uh, all of the caveats that you there aren't you have to be careful about lessons for the Democrats in the US, but I've got to say, watching this, many <clears throat> Democrats should be scared to death. Because Why? I don't understand. They, what many Democrats, the establishment Democrats, should be scared to death, not to run a milk toast candidate who doesn't know what the hell they stand for, that has nothing to offer the people. That's what it's about. Jeremy Corbyn was a mishmash, not to mention he had problems with anti-Semitism, which caught up to him, but the, the, he was offering everything under the sun and c came, up, came off as a loon. It's not just that he, he because he, it didn't seem sincere. It seemed like it was all over the place. It's sort of like Medicare for those who want it or uh, nothing will fundamentally change. So when you have someone who the people don't really trust, that's what it's about. At least Boris Johnson, they knew what they were getting. That's really the difference. It's not that he was offering, I mean, he was, he said he was, Jeremy Corbyn was promising things like a four day work week. People understood that 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 wasn't going to happen it just, he it made him seem like he was really not he didn't know what the hell he was talking about because he was all over the place and he was just a bad candidate and that's uh, who um you know that's why people didn't vote for him they'd rather vote for somebody who seemed sure about what the hell he wanted and what was and what he was going to do uh, what you saw here was a populist leader uh, le taking those left, uh, those people who have been committed to the left for decades and bringing them on board uh, uh, with him uh, and now will be able to push through Brexit. And another interesting point on that, uh, what you saw with the Labour Party, Joe, uh, was a kind of young uh, Twitter sphere believing that they had momentum, believing yep. that they could push Boris Johnson. No, this is them because they attacked... Whoops, sorry. Saying... They attack Twitter as it's not real. There's not, you know, I mean, some of it isn't real because there are Russian bots on there. And the other thing is I'm not on Twitter again. Still, I'm still locked out, but. Let us never forget that Twitter does not represent the country. So I, I think there are lessons what for Democrats from what's happened here. And, and you've got to remember so that he back says, in 2016. No, we should be cautious about making a correlation, but there are lessons for Democrats. And we know what the lessons are. We don't have to hear the rest of this. The, and uh, as BuzzFeed is reporting, a lot of people are reporting right here on 
on NBC News. Corbyn's UK defeat was bad news for Sanders, Warner, uh, War, sorry, Warner, Warren, and America's left. That's, the, of course, that's their take. It's always their take. Here's, uh, well, on BuzzFeed, it says the U.S. and U.K. elections are very different, different, but that won't stop the terrible comparisons. And Joe Biden is already jumping on it. Of course he is. So here's, uh, this is a article from NBC News written by Chuck Todd, Mark Murray, and Carrie Dan. Why do you need three people to write one article about don't go too far left? We all know what Chuck Todd thinks. He, well, he thinks, uh, he gets his orders from those, from those cocktail parties when he hangs out with the people he's supposed to be reporting with, reporting on. Chuck Todd. Oh, he's the worst. Uh, he's the one that's always uh, talking about how Democrats are in crisis, and he's he's just the one of the most annoying pundits. In fact, uh, I can't play it. I was going to find uh, this one thing. I remember not too long ago we talked about some one of his. Uh, what I'm obsessed with. That's his segment. I'm obsessed with. This is what I'm obsessed with now. I'm obsessed with this billionaire who. Um, oh, it was. He was talking about um, how uh, wooing billionaire donors and as if it's a normal part of democracy. And instead of reporting how disgusting it is and how anti-democratic it is to have a, a something called a donor class. And he was talking about the, the, the candidates are trying to hook their whales well being a billionaire donor and we're supposed to just sit by and be like thank you my lord yes my lord we we hope we get a billionaire benefactor when our uh, when we, when we when we have can well, you know when we get cancer or something or when our school needs supplies we need to go woo a billionaire benefactor rather than Having a functioning society that works for all, you better hope that you find a a benevolent lord to trickle on you. So, Chuck, Tom, which isn't democracy. That's not America, though. That's the system that the founders escaped. But never mind. But Chuck Tard, he doesn't Tard. I should call that's his good name. Chuck Tard. I mean, I won't. I don't want to say that. That sounds like a right wing would right winger would say something like that. But it just came out because of my stupid speech. But yes. Um, oh, here's Chuck Todd, Mark Murray, and Carrie Dan having to put all of their their sycophantic trickled upon mouths on the uh, on some billionaire's ass and sucking, so we can all not get too uppity and say, uh, "Please, my lord." Let us all have health care. Let us all have a living wage. Let us all have, please, for our tax dollars, a, a, uh, a decent retirement so we don't have to end on the bread, bread lines when we miss a paycheck when you shut down government. Okay, here's Chuck Ta- Todd. Always beware of drawing conclusions from one country's elections to another. But here they go. They're going to draw conclusions, but they had to get that out of the way. The, let's beware of drawing conclusions. But it's also hard to ignore that the results in Britain last night are bad news for Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and America's left. 
just 52 days before the Iowa caucus. On Thursday, an unpopular Prime Minister Boris Johnson and his conservative party trounced even more unpopular socialist Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah, even more unpopular and wishy-washy and not knowing what the hell he was doing and saying. (sighs) It would be a different story with a Bernie Sanders and and a Twitler. When Twitler and Bernie Sanders get up there, Bernie is consistent. We know where he stands. He has never changed in 40 years in public service. He is the same, fighting for the same living wages, middle-class life that, you know, our, uh, that used to be the American birthright. It's not that we know where Bernie stands. The fact is, what these right-wing Democrats and right-wingers in general, they want us all to believe that we will win the election and Twitler will lose if only we can find enough Republicans to vote for our Democrat. You see, they fucked up. They they made a horrific right-wing turn and turned into a fascist party. So now the Democratic Party has to fill that void by becoming the normal Republican Party. And as far as the working class, well, fuck off. That's your reward will come in heaven. That's not their problem. Let it, it, they want to ensure that it keeps, you just don't get too uppity. And they keep siphoning money into their own pockets. They don't care that the United States is no longer a functioning democracy. That doesn't matter to them. And to Chuck Todd, what the hell does he care? He likes his access. He likes palling around in the halls of power. He is a he is a symptom of the broken system. He's a fraud. He should be embarrassed. He has no integrity. And of course, that's why he's on he's got his own show on MSNBC. That's why. You ha- if I turned around and started just being a right winger, I would get funding in an instant. I tell you, it's the truth. I wouldn't have to be on here saying, please become a patron. Please become a patron. You know what I mean? On Thursday, unpopular... Okay, I read that already. Um, With labor having its worst general election performance in three decades. Make no mistake, neither Sanders nor Warren are as unpopular as Corbyn in his country. In fact, Sanders and Warren have similar favorable and unfavorable rating to Joe Biden's. In fact, well... Bernie Sanders is the most popular politician in the country on both right right and left. Let me see this. Hold on. Popular. I just read this. Because they know he's not a liar. And even his enemies say, Bernie tells the truth. He's not a liar. We know where Bernie stands. So you have to... Give him credit. And we know during the last election, I have no doubt in my mind Bernie would have won. Because a lot of those who voted for Twitler, they vote they was they said they were gonna vote for either Bernie or Twitler because they wanted an outsider and they believed that Twitler wasn't bought. That was his that was his bullshit line he was running on. But and they know that Bernie isn't bought. He's taking, he's taking money from we, you and me, we the people, the people-funded campaign, the most, the record numbers of individual donations. 
But, you know, don't get too don't get too uppity now. Don't be thinking that you can get you can have a living wage. We're not talking about um, a radical revolution. You know what I mean? We're, we're just asking for things that Franklin Roosevelt would have would have accomplished if he had lived like uh, the second bill of rights. Wow. Or having a living wage, uh, medical care that the whole goddamn world has. But us don't go too far left, though. Hold on a second. Don't get too uh, uppity now. You got to vote for Joe Biden because he's the one that Republicans will vote for. How you? Uh, that's why we're gonna lose. Do you understand? When if they force like we when the last show we played Hillary Clinton on on uh, Howard Stern and she was saying, I hope Bernie doesn't do it again. That she that he hurt her campaign because he didn't endorse her quick enough while he was negotiating with her people for to to change the democratic p- platform to be more progressive to include college for all and things like that you know not not to pressure her to give him a job a cushy ass uh you know uh, ambassadorship or or something in her cabinet. He was working for the people. He wasn't like, you got to do this for me. You have to do this for the us to fix this broken system so a Twitler never rises again. But no, 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 don't, don't, don't get too over your skis here. So this is uh, an article from News, Newsweek. Bernie Sanders is the most popular U.S. P- politician. So, Okay. Sanders is the most popular politician in America, according to a new Harvard-Harris poll. In fact, Vermont senator and former presidential candidate, this is written after the first uh, you know, the election, after 2016, this is in 2017, is the only politician in the U.S. who wins a majority of voters alike, both Republican and Democrat. Okay, so here we go. There was no doubt that Corbyn's muddled message on Brexit hurt his party. Of course it did. People are, they don't want to vote for that. So you have, of course, you'll have the base, the right-wingers that will, they are motivated. They'll go out. They, they, they're going to vote for Johnson, of course. And then the, you'll have the left, the Labor Party. It's the same thing with the Democratic Party and Hillary. They, there's no enthusiasm. Joe Biden will be worse, believe me. You're not going to... Uh, who's going to vote for him? The who? The, you're going to get a lot of Republicans voting for him? That's what they're hoping on? That's what they're hanging this election on. Let's get enough Republicans to vote for our Democratic candidate. No thank you. What they'll do, they will vote for Twitler again. And then you'll have the young people staying home. People are going to be disaffected. They, like, you want to vote for Joe Biden? He has absolutely no, and there's no enthusiasm for him at all. And could you imagine how he's going to get trounced by Twitler in the debates on top of I mean, what's he going to come out and say, uh, yeah, come on, man, let's do a push-up contest? That can only take you so far. Oh, he's still pulling ahead of the pack. Give me a break. Why? Because people in the corporate media, maybe they're constantly harping on it. Oh, he's the only choice. He's the only choice. He's the only choice. So those who aren't paying attention, 
They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, Joe Biden, I guess. Oh, Bernie's too far left. And Elizabeth Warren, it's uh, too pie in the sky. Imagine if, imagine if the corporate media, instead of incessantly pounding these, these Republican talking points, talked about how every other country on earth has universal health care, how much it will save, not to mention saving lives, and how unpatriotic, oh, Jesus Christ. Did you just hear that? This, oh, the, uh, an ad just went, <laughs> went off of my ear, like, uh, loud. That's why I jumped. It scared me. But, uh, you know, and how unpatriotic it is to leave people behind. I think I just closed this article because that's where the ad came from. All of a sudden, oh, my God, that was scared me. Hold on a second. Yeah, um, but no, instead we get the right-wingers like Chuck Todd, who needs three... Three, he has to get together with a triumvirate to write one fascist-leaning article to talk us out of the the things, having things, using our taxpayers for more than just bombing wedding parties in Afghanistan and funneling more money into the pockets of Chuck Todd's friends. No, we can actually do something that the entire world does. But no, we can't, we can't, um... Can't have nice things. Chuck Todd is uh, warning us. You don't want to get too uppity now. Hold on a second. Where's my history? I'm trying to find this effing article now. Um, la la la. Ugh, I lost it. It doesn't matter. Here's another article. The U.S. and U.K. elections are very different. That won't stop the terrible comparisons. This is written by Matthew Champion from BuzzFeed. So he writes, The votes were still being counted at polling stations across the UK when Joe Biden warned Democrats about the implications of Boris Johnson's unexpectedly emphatic election victory. It wasn't so much about the UK Prime Minister winning an election that makes Brexit all but inevitable. The Conservative Party now has a majority of 80, the largest since Margaret Thatcher. But the way in which Jeremy Corbyn's Labor Party lost it. Now, this is Joe Biden. Look at what happens when the Labor Party moves so, so far to the left. V- former Vice President Biden said at a fundraiser in California. What, what fundraiser? I didn't hear anything about a fundraiser. Did you get the invitation? Maybe mine was lost on the way to uh, my third uniquely American low-paying job with no benefits and no retirement security. I don't know. What do you think? I wonder who was at these fundraisers. Um, yeah, give me a break. So we're supposed to be... Don't get too crazy now, guys. You cannot have um, tax money funding the middle class. I mean, that's just socialism. That is just too far left. Let the Democrats... Let Joe Biden get back in there. He won't, he'll, he won't change anything. He won't say that Nazis are good. He'll just talk about uh, corn pop and push-up contests. And don't worry, um, you'll be hanging by a thread. And when the next Republican gets in office, he'll just, it'll be over. He'll put the nail in the coffin of the grand experiment once and for all. And then we won't have to worry. So... Former Vice President 
This is from uh, a tweet by Gen- Jennifer Epstein. The former vice president commented on the UK elections. He said, you're going to see people saying, my God, Boris Johnson, who is kind of a physical and emotional clone of the president, is able to win, Mr. Biden said. He said that as time goes on, Democratic voters will place a higher premium, not just on who can defeat President Trump, but who can bring along the rest of the party. And what does that mean? The rest of the party? There's no party when you have nothing to stand on. What party? You're not bringing the party along. You think young people are coming along on the no malarkey bus? No malarkey? The no, I I mean, what? The votio dodo vote? Get out and vote? The whoopee party? I mean, it's ridiculous. No malarkey? Who came up with that? First of all, there's a lot of malarkey, too. That's the other thing. Wait till, I mean, we're just talking about it now. We don't, he's the worst. It's the same thing. I feel like I'm having deja vu again. It's gonna, it's gonna be horrible. It, it will be awful. They think, okay, yes, we, we, he will win. Uh, we, we need a Joe Biden who, who's gonna win the Electoral College. So what will happen is that that's not gonna happen, okay? Because the, all of the Twitlers, his base, they're always motivated. They're, they, he will always get that 35%. You need a motivated base on the left. Not for who just wants to come out and vote against Twitler. So we're going to vote for nothing to change. Oh, God. There have been four UK elections in this decade, and Labour has lost them all, but this is the worst election result since 1935, as blue-collar voters in Northern England deserted the party. Lost seats included Sedgefield, which has voted Labour since World War II, and was held between 1983 and 2007 by former Prime Minister Tony Blair. Blair is the only person to lead Labour to victory in a general election in the last 43 years. Corbyn, whose leadership has been inundated with accusations of failing to tackle anti-Semitism within his party, has said he will not lead Labour into another election, but the party realistically faces another 10 years or two election cycles in the wilderness of opposition, regardless of who succeeds him. He has taken Labour markedly, markedly to the left since he became leader in 2015, and the party's election manifesto was proudly radical, promising to transform the UK with a green revolution, renationalize rail and energy services, and provide free university education and broadband. The parallels with the Democratic presidential primaries are readily apparent, but trying to understand what made rock-solid Labour seats like Bassett Law and Northwest Dunham or Durnham, Durnham, yes, go from labor red to Tory blue, and then extrapolating what that means for the U.S. is trickier. Even in light of a huge defeat, Corbyn has insisted that labor's election policies had been popular, and that it was Brexit that ultimately was responsible for the overall result. Since the 2016 referendum, labor has struggled to articulate a coherent position on the issue, Exactly. I mean, uh, it's sort of like, what's in, what's so coherent about let's have a push-up contest, man? Holy shit. 
As I tried to satisfy both the supporters who voted leave in the north of England and Wales and the overwhelmingly pro-remain labor voters in the cities like London and Manchester. In fact, the issue could be much simpler. Labor lost because voters didn't like who was offering the policies. Despite overseeing a surge in labor membership and being feted by many first-time young voters, Corbyn will go down as a historically unpopular labor leader. Exactly. Time and again, labor candidates and and activists reported that the problem on the doorstep with voters was Corbyn himself and the rest of the labor leadership. That is just not an issue for that. Okay, let me say that again. That is just not an issue for Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders in the same way. However, much the policies that they support correlate with the labor platform. On the flip side, some seemingly unconnected political narratives can make a difference. Look at the way in which Donald Trump drew energy from the UK surprise vote in 2016 to leave the the EU. They will soon be calling me Mr. Brexit, Trump tweeted despite not really seeming to know what that meant. (laughs) Of course he doesn't know. He's a fucking moron. A populist leader with improbable hair and a a history of making racist and sexist comments, Johnson is often compared with Trump. In his remark on the UK election results on Thursday, Biden described the victorious Johnson as a kind of physical and emotional clone of the president. Trump congratulated Johnson on his victory, saying it it would pave the way for a new U.S.-U.K. trade deal. But his claim that the deal could be more lucrative than a future UK-EU trading agreement is fanciful. Whatever, okay. In contrast to Labour's swirling offer of radical ideas, the central campaign message of Johnson's Tories was a simple refrain, repeatedly, en- repeated endlessly, emblazoned on everything from aprons to bulldozers. Get Brexit done. There you go. That's, it was simple. People could understand it. And they knew where he stood as opposed to the labor leaders. Now here, um, I see we're going into the next hour. Hmm. I'm going to just take a break because I need some coffee. Let's take a break. Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents the Green News Report. The judge said that New York's attorney general had failed to produce any shareholders who would say they were actually misled. The bad news, oil giant Exxon wins climate fraud case in New York. NOAA finds sweeping changes underway in the Arctic. Extreme weather raising the risk of a global food crisis, plus the good news. Well, I'm telling you, there is hope. I have seen it. Teen climate activist named Time Magazine's Person of the Year. All of that good and bad news straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. People are flushing toilets 10 times, 15 times. 10 times? 15 times? What, are they trying to get rid of a body? (laughs) (laughs) This is your Green News Report. You can't wash your hands because so little water comes out of the faucet. It takes you much longer to wash your hands. Yes. That's time you could be spending flushing the toilet 15 times. (laughs) 
Okay, Desi Doyen, as usual, you're keeping the good news for the end, I guess. Oh, yes. First, the bad news. Okay. A New York State judge this week handed oil giant ExxonMobil a victory in a closely watched civil securities fraud case. The judge ruled that the New York State Attorney General did not prove that Exxon violated state securities law or defrauded shareholders when its public statements differed from its internal accounting, measuring the costs of climate regulations on its business. But there may be a silver lining. The judge wrote, quote, nothing in this opinion is intended to absolve ExxonMobil from responsibility for contributing to climate change through the emission of greenhouse gases in the production of its fossil fuel products. Uh, moreover, there is another case uh, over a similar matter in Massachusetts that is being put forward by the attorney general there. And there are dozens of climate liability lawsuits from cities seeking damages from the fossil fuel industry for causing climate change. So this ain't over by long shot. Bad news for the Arctic. Warming of the Arctic is dramatic, disruptive, and rapid. That's according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration in its annual Arctic report card this week. Okay, that part is unqualified bad news. NOAA found sweeping changes are now underway across the Arctic. Rising air and water temperatures and melting sea ice caused by man-made global warming are directly threatening the Arctic marine ecosystem and the communities dependent on it. Warming is triggering a cascade of changes, like reducing the catch in the Bering Sea fishery, which provides almost half of the total fish and shellfish catch in the United States every year. The report also warns that the Arctic may have already crossed a key threshold. It notes melting of Arctic permafrost is accelerating and may have already become a net emitter of methane, a more potent greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide on shorter timescales. That will eventually cause the region to become a carbon source, creating a feedback loop that triggers even more melting and even more warming. And it brings effects outside the Arctic. Two new studies this week warn that extreme weather patterns like heat waves and droughts are raising the risk of simultaneous failures of crops like wheat, corn, and soybeans worldwide. The researchers found specific jet stream patterns increases the probability of extreme heat waves occurring simultaneously by as much as 20 times. That raises the risk that multiple bread baskets around the world could fail at the same time, triggering global food price spikes, food shortages, and social unrest. Mm. Are we at the good news yet? Yes, finally. A little over one year ago, Swedish teen climate activist Greta Thunberg began skipping school on Fridays to sit by herself with a handmade sign outside the Swedish parliament protesting her government's failure to act urgently to address the climate crisis. Since then, Thunberg's solo actions have sparked a global movement of young people launching truly massive school strikes for climate around the world. This week, Time magazine named Thunberg its youngest ever person of the year for, quote, creating a global attitudinal shift and for her moral clarion call for governments to enact change at the speed and scale required to avoid catastrophic climate impacts. Addressing the U.N. Climate Summit in Madrid this week, Thunberg noted that science shows the world is running out of time to act and excoriated corporations and rich countries for negotiating loopholes for themselves to continue profiting from business as usual. And she concluded by saying she also sees signs of hope. People are ready for change, and that is the hope because we have democracy. In fact, every great change throughout history has come from the people. We do not have to wait. We can start the change right now. We, the people. One person, 
One unelected person, one unelected school kid taking action has already changed the world. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1852. That was the day socialist leader Daniel de Leon was born in Curacao to Dutch Jewish parents. As a young man, he traveled Europe. He settled in New York City and earned a law degree from Columbia University in 1878. De Leon joined the Socialist Labor Party in 1890 and became the editor of its newspaper, The People. His book, Socialist Landmarks, consisting of a series of lectures, became wildly popular. These lectures included Reform or Revolution, What Means This Strike, The Burning Question of Trade Unionism, and Socialist Reconstruction of Society. De Leon warned of reforms under capitalism as illusory. He argued for revolutionary socialism and soon assumed leadership of the Socialist Labor Party. As a former member of the Knights of Labor, he was critical of the American labor movement, often referring to the AFL as the American separation of labor for its business unionism and refusal to organize any but the most highly skilled white craft workers. De Leon also took a strong stand against racism in the socialist movement, stating, quote, why should a truly socialist organization of whites not take in Negro members, but organize these in separate bodies? On account of outside prejudice, then the body is not truly socialist. De Leon was among the socialist leaders at the founding 1905 Conference of the Industrial Workers of the World. By 1908, he and others looked to effect social change through the Socialist Party and existing trade union movement. This put them at odds with the direct action perspective of the IWW. Many left the IWW at this point, including De Leon and socialist leader Eugene V. Debs. When he died in 1914, more than 30,000 turned out for his funeral. Labor History in Two brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and The Rick Smith Show. Wow, that went by quick. The break. Hi, I'm Tara Devlin. Thanks for hanging out. We meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And then we're rebroadcast on Sunday on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app. So thank you for chilling and hanging out. And please give the show a good review on iTunes. And also become a patron. That's the other thing I'd like you to do. You can also do some super chats. Don't let Jim be the only one putting on the super chats, but there but you can support the show. My goal basically is to do the show on a daily basis and then we'll have Saturdays as the specials. We can do a, as I do the week weekday specials. I'll probably do a couple of specials this week during the week because I'll have the time. <sighs> Hopefully. Famous last words. Uh, but anyway, the goal is to have enough patrons to support the show full time. Won't that be great? And then we can hang out all the time. And that'll be amazing. Uh, why can't we do it? 
we have so many other examples. Like, who's that one? Uh, the one I was talking about. The secular report. That guy. That's what I was. I saw his Patreon page. He's got like 4,000 patrons. Are you serious? Come on, man. We can do that. Come on, man. I sound like Joe Biden. I will challenge you to a push-up contest. Does that, is that what it takes? Do I have to get corn pop to, to come and whip your ass with a, with a razor you put in a rain barrel? This is no malarkey over here. We're not doing any malarkey on Tara Buster. So, and it's a really nice community as well. If you'd like to see the show grow, be th- consider being a patron. That's all I can say. I know it's tough, but I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna redo the patron page. I I think I had. Uh, I was. I didn't know what the hell I was doing when I put the patron page together. Most of the patrons are two dollars, ten dollars, five dollars, or or twenty dollars, and then some some. You could do your own patron. You can do your own um, whatever amount if if you so choose. So you're not limited. So, but uh, I think I will probably keep it in that ballpark instead of having like a fifty dollar. I mean, I guess I was like, who the hell? What do, what do I think? Well, who we are out here? Who? Do, it's uh, we're liberals. Usually, we're we're the, we're the workers. We're the salt of the earth over here. So it is. Any any amount is it, it helps, and I know that it means a lot because you have many choices of who to support, and everybody's asking for your support, and everything costs money. Nothing is free, so I'm telling you, it's not just for me to do the show full time. We have to, in order to keep the show going. Everything takes it takes money. This the ecam takes money that does the show. The restream, it, that's a fucking subscription. Everything's a su- subscription. You know what I mean? Everything. The Skype, the phone number. Got to pay for everything. It's So there you go. Whatever. But I want to thank the patrons right now. I'm going to say thank you to Andrea, Anthony, Cynthia, Damask Cats, Daniel S. Always for a long time, Daniel. Thank you. Dwayne, Deborah, Elaine, Gail, George, Hi-Fi Guy, Haiku, James, Jane, Jim, Joan, Joey, John, Kathleen, Katie, Kay, Lord Wafflecat, Mark, Martin, S. There's another Martin S. Mary, Max, Michael, See, I want to thank you. He's new. Welcome to the family. And uh, you have my respect. Michael D, Michael B, Michael L D, Paradu, Peter, Randall, Sam, Steve, Stephen, Susan, and Tony. Thank you guys. It's only just begun. There's a lot of names on that list. It's getting longer. And I appreciate that. So, all I can say is thank you. And thank you, Haiku. With the super chat, he's right behind Jim. Jim is always out of the gate with the super chats. I gotta say, Jim, what can I do to make your life nicer? You're, you're a true friend. 
That means a lot. All right, let's get back to work. That's why. I guess that's what we can do for each other, right? I will consistently, I will show up for, unless I'm, the only time I missed the show was when I was sick. Two times. I had a fever of 104 when I had the flu. That's what happened. There was no way. And I was actually sick on the show once. I remember that. And Bob Kincaid was listening and he said, I could see you you were fading out. (laughs) I was really getting sick uh, on the show. And then the next day, that's when I I went to the hospital. I woke up with 104 fever when I had the flu. Anyway, but we do, we do what we do. And that's all you can say is that um, we're here for a short period of time on this planet. We share it together and, you know... We we are trying to make the world a better place. That's what the difference is between normal people and Republicans. So it's not even, I mean, it's not even about Republican and Democrat. It's, are you a normal person? So speaking of, I want, the other thing, there's many things I want to talk about. I want to talk about Pete Buttigieg in a minute. But also, before I forget, also the other thing I forgot to tell you last week was if uh, you want to call the show off hours, you can, I'm just trying to find the thing here, You the number, you can call the show. So is this the damn number? That doesn't look like it. And leave a, leave a message that can be played on the air. So, <clears throat> excuse me, guys. Um, well, I'm just going into the call-in studio for a second. That's the that's another thing that you gotta get. You know what I mean? As far as we're talking about what costs money, I just say that because I remember I was one time Poppy was on the show, Poppy Champlin, and she was like, "What do you mean it costs money?" And I was like, yeah, it all costs money, everything. This costs money, The how we're talking, that costs money. It all costs money. So, all right, everything costs money. What am I doing? I'm trying to find the the number. God damn me. Why do I do this to the show? And now it's the show sucks all of a sudden. Great, wonderful. Thanks for sucking, Tara. Great, great. I'm just trying to find the the phone number of the show so I can give it to you. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, yeah. Here's the number. 34 I'm going to put it up. 3 Sorry, it's not even there's no 4 in there. <laughs> 3 60 Seven 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 six zero zero seven. Let's see. I was trying to type it. God damn it! That's not the number. Let's see. Three six zero seven seven. Whoops. Seven seven seven. Six zero zero seven. Some people are shy and they don't want to call in during the show. And sometimes I just go on tangents and we don't have enough time to take calls. I keep threatening to take calls. But um, that's the number. If you want to, I'll put it in the description. 
as well. All right, so that's I meant to me- I meant to mention this last time because I didn't realize that the call-in studio also re- records the numbers. All right, so yeah, speaking of being a waste of human DNA, the filthy fascists. Um, well, look at what happened this week. Before I get to Pete Buttigieg, I just want to mention Donald Trump Jr. Why, right? I know you might be eating. Please, you you have my sympathies. Um, he went to Mongolia and killed an endangered sheep. Isn't that that's what you want to do for fun? That shows you exactly who these scumbags are. Everything about them. There's not. There is zero redeeming qualities to a to Trump and all of every everyone that surrounds him they are an offense to life on the planet and, and they but as long as they got the they want the little babies though the little clumps of cells they f- care so much about little clumps but not about actual things that live an endangered sheep what he must have felt like a real man sneaking up on the endangered sheep in the night while it was sleeping and shooting it with using a laser sight to kill it. That's how he he hunted, quote-unquote. Like Republicans who like to, as one of the, one of Twitler's first executive orders, he undid, he undid that, you know, that liberal, that crazy liberal regulation that um, barred hunters from shooting bears while they were hibernating. Fucking assholes. Scumbags. You know what? I love the stories when I hear the, about when, the, recently, some guy uh, who got killed by a sheep. He, uh, not a sheep, uh, a deer. He shot a deer and... Went over to the deer. I guess the deer wasn't dead yet, so the deer reared up and killed the guy. So I just thought, oh, finally, a good news story. And but you know, think about who, how, what kind of a human being are you? I and these filthy, disgusting Republicans. They think that this is the way to spend their limited lifespan. I mean. Tr- Donald Trump Jr. Jimmy Carter is out there building Habitat for Humanity. And Donald Trump Jr. spends his free time murdering. For what For what purpose? I mean, and that's how he did it. And he did it because he's, it's his world. We all just live in it. Everything. Human being or otherwise. We are there for his puri, pur, purient pleasure. If he wants to slice our throats to to get a thrill and take a picture with our corpse, good, good. That's what he can do. He'll get a he'll get a proactive permit because that's what he did. He shot this endangered sheep, and then the president of Mongolia gave him a permit retroactively because right, you know, that's how you that's how it is in this government in the United States of serfs and lords. They they get to do whatever the hell they want. The permits are for serfs, not for the lords. Now, could you? What would they do if Joe Biden's son did something like this? It's vile. He's not doing anything worthy of 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 life. Of uh, this is how you spend your limited lifespan. 
You go out to murder a beautiful animal in the in the dark. That's what he did. There's no sport in that. What sport? So you can jerk off to some horns? You filthy fascist freak. That that's somebody who's a serial killer. You know, when they could tell with children who are disturbed when they harm animals. What are you what about an adult? That's who likes to sh- shoot hibernating animals. Who I mean, there's absolutely no sport. The the fucking sheep was asleep in the night. That he snuck up on him. There's he didn't even have to aim. He used a laser sight. He wanted just to kill something, to make something stop breathing, to see the light go out of its eyes. That is a monster. That's somebody who's not worthy of human DNA. There are so many ways to spend your limited lifespan doing something for humanity. Go fucking feed the homeless. Do something decent, worthy of respect. And an endangered animal on top of it. He's a vile, disgusting, gross monster. No offense to monsters. Honestly, we have to share the same air with these scumbags. They put Ted Bundy behind a cage. But Donald Trump Jr. is flying around the globe free. I don't see the difference, frankly. When they, you harm animals, that's a telltale sign that you are a sociopath, a psychopath, that you not fit to be in human society. But as long as you're rich, you can fly around and kill hibernating. You can kill sleeping endangered animals with a laser sight. These are, these are gross wastes of human DNA. You better believe it. So, I'm telling you, I really am telling you, it's disgusting. These people are vile. And, um, you know, oh, okay, Jesus, what do you think Jesus thinks of that? Well, yeah, oh, animals are supposed to be our dominion, right? So, that doesn't mean that you should sneak up on them when they're sleeping and murder them. Because that sheep, that beautiful animal, provided more value to Earth than a thousand Donald Trump Juniors could ever imagine in a hundred thousand lifetimes. These people are nothing but takers. They talk about makers and takers. These are the takers. They are the parasites of humanity. They really are. What do they bring? Somebody tell me. What value is a Donald Trump Jr.? What does he bring to the table? What has he ever done that's decent? Everything he's done. Even his children, has he created? Let's see how they grow up. Let's wait. We got to wait and see. But he even uses them as his little pawns. Remember when he had his little girl with uh, with her, her, her Halloween candy? We tweeted a picture. Oh, I, we went around 
and something about socialism, which is so, he's such an asshole. He doesn't even know what the fuck he's talking about. If it wasn't for socialism, he wouldn't be suck sitting in his ivory tower. The socialism for the rich. It's socialism for them, and it's capitalism for the rest of us. Rapacious capitalism, merciless free market capitalism for you and me. But socialism for them. I hate them. There should be a law against them, and there used to be. You couldn't bring the carcasses of endangered animals back to the United States because we once had standards. We once were a country that others looked up to. We were a, a civilized society. Now we're nothing but mongrels. A sickness is, is spreading across the country, and it's called republicanism. It's conservatism. And if that's conservatism, that's conservatism. But as long as uh, uh, Jesus can vaginally rape somebody by, with an instrument against her will in a doctor's office, right? Jesus, would Jesus wants to smile on that. You know what I'm talking about, you know, because the Republicans, that's what they want. They want women to have unnecessarily unnecessary ultrasounds, meaning rape by instrumentation. Filthy, fucking, disgusting freak. Would somebody beat this person to a pulp, metaphorically speaking? I hope, my wish for this country is that Donald Trump Jr., wherever he goes in this world, he is harassed and shamed as the waste of human DNA that he is, instead of having the doors open to him. The president of Mongolia. Come on in, my lord. What can I do for you, my lord? Oh, you shot a, you murdered an endangered animal in the middle of the night with a laser sight while it was sleeping? No problem, my lord. This scumbag is the poster child for a 90% top marginal tax rate and the reinstatement of the estate tax that the filthy fascist, dictator-loving, dictator-envying Republicans undid. The democracy-loathing, America-hating Republicans, and that's what they are. And why don't the Democrats get in front of a camera every time they're on, on the corporate-ass media that, that that's how they... That's how they introduce the Republicans. Not my friend, the Republican. My friend, Mr. Mr. Weiner. Mr. Jim G Gymnasium Jordan. Pedophile enabler, my friend. There's nothing sincere about them. We know what they're up to. Why don't they get in front of a camera and say, these people, are? they cannot be worked with. They cannot be reasoned with. There's no hope for them. It's time to lay it on the line. They hate democracy. They are the enemies from within that the founders warned us against. And if it does not stop, we will secede. We need to split this country apart. Finally, let them have their, their, their dystopian, conservative, theocratic, uh, Jesus, uh, kiss-up, kick-down hellscape. And we can have a civilized nation. Is that too much to ask for? I don't know. Ah, but no, no, we can't. We can't have nice things. For God's sakes. Is this goddamn show still on the air? <laughs> oh, God. 
Jesus Christ. All right, let me have a drink of my coffee. I'm taking the number down, but you got the number. If you want to call in, call in. Call in to after the show or whatever. When the show is off the air, you can leave a message. If something strikes you, you can be like, yo, Tara, I just thought blah, blah, blah. I just saw this or that, or and we might play it on the air. Anyway, um, yeah, so the Republicans, I mean, the Democrats... The, the DLC Democrats. A couple of things. Actually, the other thing I wanted to talk about. Well, let's, let me. I just keep teasing Pete about Pete Buttigieg. I'll I'll just get to him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. Yeah, he pisses me off. He's another one. They all of this. Amy Klobuchar, get the fuck out of the race already. Um. Pete Buttigieg, get lost, brother. Um. Joe Biden, good night corn pop see you later um goddamn bloomberg are you serious this is what we have this is why we will we're gonna lose you understand because of the establishment once again they're gonna do it to us again we told them we tried to tell them in 2016 and i remember telling my friends who were for for hillary i said it's not just because i'm for bernie it's that's not what it's about it's not because you're, you're, I don't like Hillary Clinton or whatever. It's not, that's not what it's about. It's because this is a real change election. This is an outsider election. Don't you see what's going on on the ground? He, she, it's not, she's not the right candidate for the right time. Perhaps if this were after George W. Bush, she could have won. Yeah, not, I don't, I don't, I believe she would have won. Her or Barack Obama. I mean, the fact that Barack Obama won is because any Democrat would have won at that time. Not that he's not an impressive human being. Yeah, I mean, but he's a he's a he's a fucking establishment dem. He didn't do anything that he that we needed him to do to prevent a Twitler from rising to power. We have a Twitler because of the DLC Democrats, because of the Barack Obamas who tried to work across the aisle with these fascists. How did they work across the aisle? They didn't shore up the elements of this broken system that made Twitler possible. The money in politics. The everything from bailing out the banks and rather than the homeowners. Look at him. Look at what my cat is doing. Pulling on my jacket. Well, you know what I mean? Because giving us the Republican health care plan, giving the very plans that they themselves propose the republicans just repackaging it giving it right back to them and turning around thinking that they're going to work with him and we are the ones who suffer now we got to suffer we got to suffer with all of these goddamn judges he should have known when they were blocking all the judges that obama was putting forward including the supreme court justice which is an insult to us but it's like the lesser of two evils constantly and now here we are at the ultimate evil but it could get worse. It will be worse the next time when the next Republican is also a filthy democracy-hating fascist, but it is someone who can control themselves, who won't get on Twitter and insult a 16-year-old girl because he's jealous. I mean, who gets jealous of a 16-year-old girl? Someone who is unfit. 
And who makes that unfit sociopath their standard bearer? Someone who hates democracy more than they hate that filthy, emotionally stunted sociopath. They hate democracy more than they hate having an emotionally stunted 72-year-old toddler as a standard bearer. You see what I'm saying? That's how much they hate this country. They will put completely unfit, unqualified sycophants in positions of power so it will nullify the grand experiment in liberal democracy. We won't be able to go to the courts and have the remedies, constitutional remedies, because there'll be nobody in there who gives a shit about the Constitution. All they give a shit about is keeping power for the rich and powerful. And that's the end. Good night, democracy. It was nice knowing you. We were just two ships that passed in the night. So Pete Buttigieg, he's another one. They, and, it, and thankfully, he's being called out. And people are saying that, oh, well, he's, he'll make a good VP. The hell he will. He is a corporate kiss-up, kick-down, another DLC Democrat who has no business proclaiming to be a progressive. That's how they do it, though. It's like the corporate-sponsored Earth Day. You know, they don't fight against it. They just co-opt it. It's the Borg. Resistance is futile. So he'll, he's got the balls to go around saying he's a progressive while he's having billionaire, secret billionaire fundraisers behind closed doors. He says, oh, I'm going to release all of, uh, I'm going to let the press in. I'm going to re- release all of my, uh, all the donors. He hasn't done it. But he's, he's, they, they asked him about, so he was in New York. This is what happened. And... Oh, wait, that's my computer. I hit the wrong button. Now, oh, Jesus Christ. What's going on here? That's my, that's the computer screen on my, that you can see. And let me see. So he was in New York at a fundraiser, and they tracked him down. So where is it? I'm trying to find it. Hold on a second. Um... Did I get this one? Oh, yeah. So here he is. Here we are. Here we are. Wall Street B! Wall Street B! Wall Street B! So that's, uh, there's a, for those on the, on the, on the podcast. So Wall Street Pete comes out of his fundraiser in New York. He was tracked down by protesters. He walks out, and they, the people are chanting, Wall Street Pete, Wall Street Pete. And he's got this shit-eating, shit-eating grin on his face, and he's, he says uh, something to the pastor, like, thank you, thank you, whatever. Uh, he's so annoying, and, but he's got that, he's a phony. He's got this phoniness about him. Of course he is a phony. Now he's talking about... The same old Republican talking points. I trust you to make the decisions about your health care. Well, you know what? I okay, great, Pete. I have I've made a decision about my health care. I want a health care that where I don't have to go bankrupt if I get a catastrophic illness, or I don't have to go on GoFundMe for my diabetes medicine or whatever. You know, now we have choice in health care. Not only do you have to go on GoFundMe? You have the choice of GoFundMe, and now you could also beg dear Cash App 
during their special events. I noticed on uh, Cash App, there was a hashtag trending or Cash App something, Cash App Friday, Cash App, uh, whatever it was. And they people are begging, please, I lost my job and my my wife has cancer and we are we're losing our health insurance so we're not going to be able to fight for her her chemotherapy or whatever and, you know she's not going to be able to fight for her life so they're like please cash app help us so cash app i think sent that family uh $250 that should get them back and forth to the hospital maybe a couple of days uh, i mean if they take public could, they could that might be, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to take the public transportation. You want to be on the bus after your chemo, but you could cut it, cut it down um, maybe a month, a month of uh, you getting there, getting to your chemo. I don't know. What do you think? Can oh, thank you, Cash App. It is a disgrace. It is disgusting. So anyway, so Pete Buttigieg says he, he trusts us. That's his latest. What do we? Uh, he's been saying this all along. It's a Republican talking point. He trusts the American people to make the decisions about their health. Yeah, really? I would love to make decisions, except the insurance companies always standing in the doctor's office denying care, figuring out ways how they don't have to pay for the goddamn medical care I need. You know, I'd love to make that decision. I'd love to just go to my doctor and not have to see if they're in network or not. Wouldn't that be great? So today, here we go again. Just Well, I'll just uh, play this other Pete Buttigieg bullshit. He goes, so he at a fundraiser, his, he, his mask kind of fell off. He, he, he was obviously in a, in a pissy mood. So they were asking him about, the reporters were asking him about uh, his fundraisers. When are you going to open these fundraisers? Open up a so they said, as a candidate, can't you just tell your campaign to open up the fundraisers? Can you just direct your campaign to open them? Yes. And he says, yes. Yes. What's and why haven't you done that? What's that? Why haven't you done that? Uh, there are a lot of considerations, and I'm thinking about it. There are a lot of considerations, and I'm thinking about it. What are the considerations? Who's going to be offended? Do, who, will this be politically advantageous for the dumb sheeple, the idiots who support you? To say, um, to, to get a look at who the hell you're really working for? Ask questions. Can you give us an example of those considerations? No. Can you give us an example of those considerations? Do you hear this? Can you give us an example of those considerations? No. Fuck you, you thank smiling you. ghoul. Good thank you. Look at him. Yeah, yeah, good. Good night, man. Good night. Good night. I mean, what a phony little faking Republican. Get the fuck out of the Democratic Party. Him and Amy Klobuchar. I'm sick of it. If you are fighting against 
the uh, the natural progression of having a health care system that works for all, using Republican talking points, then you need to get the F out of this party. And this is why we're, we, we're going to lose. Because you have these right-wing Democrats mudding up the water, telling the American people. Now, we know. We're not stupid. We know what, what would win. We know that Medicare for all is the only way. It's the patriotic imperative that, that we can truly get behind, leaving no one behind. But these right-wing Democrats, they, every time they get in front of a microphone, they got to talk these Republican talking points. And what does that do but give that, those arguments validity? When it's, not, it's just Republican bullshit. It's right-wing corporatist bullshit. And this is why, exactly why, we have a freaking fascist in the White House. <sighs> Pete Buttigieg. The other thing, uh, I don't think this... I'm not going to play it. I'll just show you the video. I'll, I'll just speak what is on the... <laughs> Because the audio is really bad. So this guy, this kid, had um, had recorded uh, the, the video at Pete Buttigieg's event. And he says, I wanted to ask you if you, th if you think taking big money out of politics includes not taking money from billionaires and closed-door fundraisers. And what does Pete Buttigieg say? He says no. Can you believe that? What an arrogant little cuss. We it, let me let me open this again. Hold on. Did I write? Did I say it right? Hold on. Here it is. I wanted to ask you if you think taking big money out of politics includes not taking money off of billionaires and closed-door fundraisers, and he says no. Really? Not taking... So taking money out of politics, he's so concerned about money in politics, but he thinks that that does not include not taking money from billionaires in closed-door fundraisers. What a scumbag. And this is why, when they do the autopsy of the 2020 campaign and the most unpopular piece of wasted human DNA ever to walk the planet wins despite receiving fewer votes again, this is going to be why. It's not because we didn't go, uh, you know, uh, t we, we went too far left. It's because we run candidates who don't believe in a goddamn thing. And they have no courage. They don't even, they have no convictions. They don't have the courage of their convictions because they have no convictions. They are bought and, and paid for. And this is what people are sick of. So what are you going to have? You know, you have a Pete Buttigieg. You're going to have a Joe Biden and uh, who? It's, uh, it's unreal what they're doing to us. So every time that there's uh they, that they lose, you know, we sh we can't take the the uh so we have to look at the UK elections as our, our lesson that don't go too far left, but not the fact that they lose the to the most disgusting waste of human DNA in American history f with using the establishment candidate. They don't take that to heart. 
they don't see what's going on. They don't see the 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 donors to Bernie Sanders, the the record number of donors that that they only talk about how people they don't want Medicare for all. Oh, as soon as um, Elizabeth Warren started to talk about Medicare for all and how she's going to pay for it, and everyone started to get upset and say, "Oh, it's just fantastical." Instead of just the imagine the a different world if these corporate media mouthpieces. Um, talked about the health care of the of the rest of the world instead of how where everyone wants to rip health care from how do you rip health care from millions of people by ensuring everyone has health care you're ripping health care from millions by ensuring that no everyone has health care it's just it makes no sense but it does make sense if you're uh, if you're a surf in the United States of serfs and lords and and then you have all these idiots. Oh yeah, I don't want to lose my my uh, what I have. I'm so, uh, it doesn't matter that we pay double, that we leave millions out, that millions go bankrupt and needlessly die. You know, I mean that, that's uh, you can't go too far left. You see, like the like the uh, like FDR. You know, all those socialists that voted for FDR in four landslide elections. You know. Uh, C, uh, uh, WPA, the CCC, all the, you know, the only reason FDR didn't get elected a fifth time was because he was dead. And everybody knew that he was fighting for them. That's why we won again and again and again. We only lose to the most disgusting, filthy waste of human DNA when we don't know who the hell we are. Who are Democrats? They don't, they're not the party of the people. That's what people think. Of course not. They're oh, the, the party of uh, arugula eaters who um, care. Uh, they want to make sure that uh, men can use the ladies' room. This is what they think. They don't consider the Democrats the party of the people because you have these people like Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar and Joe Biden sucking up to billionaires in closed-door fundraisers. Telling people that they can't have nice things, that they're not fighting for them. They're assuming, you know what I mean? Like to say that they, to position themselves as fighting for the people while they're ensuring that millions will go without health care. It doesn't make any sense. They have no convictions. So how can you get behind that? You know? So here's the, earlier on... Um, on MSNBC, just another. This this was earlier today. I grabbed this shot from earlier, like an hour before the show started. And the MSNBC mouthpieces were all dissecting the UK elections again, saying, "Don't go too far left." There's a lot that has been said about both Boris Johnson as well as uh, Donald Trump in that they, they look similar depending on, on how you, but and potentially uh, their politics are similar as well. The question is with what we've seen happen in the UK oh, just this God. week, will President Trump see a similar outcome based on what's happening on the left? You know, I don't think so. I think a lot of uh, speculation on both sides has been perhaps this is a precursor for what we might see in 2020, but I don't think that's the case, Richard, and here's why. Okay, good, right? Now I said, oh, okay, here's somebody coming to the defense of normal thinking, not just, oh, got to make sure dumbasses don't vote for their best interests. 
keep the oligarchy going, keep the income divide, keep the rapacious kiss-up, kiss kick-down system in place, the money and politics, keep it all going, keep this fucking gravy train going. But here we go. First of all, you've got to keep in mind that Boris Johnson had a very well-defined plan when it came to Brexit. It was very well known where he stood on that. You had other parties, most notably, of course, the Labour Party with Jeremy Corbyn, which were a little, you know, kind of all over the place. Um, it's also, I think, needs to be noted that Jeremy Corbyn was not necessarily a strong candidate. Um, so you've got to bear all of those points well known, in mind. Well-seasoned, known by the... You hear this guy? Oh, so she's she's not saying what she should be saying. Well, you know, we shouldn't really take this too much to heart because Jeremy Corbyn was not a great candidate and blah, blah, blah. And then the commentator jumps in. Um, so you've got to bear all of those points well known, in mind. Well-seasoned, known by the left. Correct. But well I know known. Have... Well, you know, hey, 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 honey, honey, steer it back. Reel it in, corn pop. We can't get, no, 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 no. We want to, people to be afraid. They're going to have to vote Republican, regardless of if they have a D after their name. You've got to vote Republican here. Don't let the dumbass sheeple get too uppity thinking that they, uh, they can have a return on investment for the tax dollars. Those tax dollars are for the billionaires. They are supposed to be funneled to the top. If they were meant to have health care, if, if the serfs were meant to have health care, they would have been born on third base like Donald Trump Jr. Thinking he hit a triple. Things. I'm but sorry to jump right in. You notice that anti-Semite is a problem. Right, <laughs> and so. a lot of people have concerns with him. So I don't think it's necessarily a reflection, but I think it is a good warning sign for Democrats to realize here that this is not going to be an easy win if we defeat Trump in the ballot box in 20. That's right. It's not going to be easy. And the DLC Democrats are going to make sure it's not easy. They, they should have they waltzed into the landslide victory that it that the 2016 election should have been but instead they had to pick they picked the candidate the wrong candidate i mean maybe the right candidate at the wrong time we were people were sick of the establishment they were sick of the insiders they're sick of the backroom deals that pete Buttigieg thinks is is his bread and butter that's what people are sick of of not being at the table. Right, Tara Jr. Jr.? There certainly is the, the uh, if you will, sub-headline that uh, potentially too far left, at least when it comes oh, to the you. Labor Party. See how it's bounced off here in the United States. I want to go to a New York Times op-ed on Boris Johnson and the win and how that could apply to the United States as we try to draw some uh, contrast comparisons here. It reads, the clear rejection of Labor's big government socialism also looks ominous for Democrats. It's not the clear rejection of that. It was the clear rejection of, of, of somebody who was a the worst candidate uh, an abysmal candidate who they who nobody knew what the hell he was talking about he was not a good advocate who believe the party can lurch left and then win the british working class did not after a while you if you're not consistent you just start throwing things at the wall to see what will stick oh yeah yeah free broadband 30 hour work week or whatever uh, you know, it, you start looking ridiculous then. But the I'm not. That's not Bernie Sanders. That's not Elizabeth Warren. The, we're not talking about things that 
are on uh, are outside the American mainstream. We're talking about things that we should have had decades ago, including the um, you know uh, uh, Medicare for all. And we're talking about a marginal tax rate that we had under Eisenhower. That's like less than we had under Eisenhower. These are our very American ideas and ideals that we've already had that made the American middle class, that built it to begin with. So it's not outside the mainstream. This is not too far left. This is getting us back to the center. This is riding the ship of state. Making the general welfare and uh, part of the of the the considerations, not the fact that we have a country where the wants and needs of the working class have a statistically insignificant effect on government policy. That's what we have now. We have to get back, and it's not by out offering just the crazy things. This is normal American policy. This is the middle of the road policy. Uh, we're the outlier as being one of the only countries in the well. We, we are the only country in the OECD nations that don't have universal health care as a right. So we're the outlier. It's not too far left. We're trying to get back to the center here because we're in the fa we're in fascism. Nationalized railways, electricity distribution, and water utilities when they could stick, in t uh, stick it to some faceless bureaucrat in Brussels. So Susan, you, you noted that Jerry Corbyn, the criticism of him is that he's an anti-Semite, and that certainly is a notable point of this leader Ooh, of well, labor in the UK. Don't but worry about it. What is the lesson to be taken away for Democrats here? Well, I think that Here's, the one oh, thing- Oh, this one, this one. Okay, she's a Republican, okay? Uh, I'm so sick of her, I, I could vomit. All the time. All of these, it's, they should, it's just a, uh, the millionaire roundtable here, you know? It's, uh, now we got to hear the Republican talking points because, I mean, I expect it from her because she's a Republican, but why do these Republicans have such a platform on the so-called liberal media? It doesn't matter if a Republican is saying it. The, uh, they, got the, they got plenty of Democrats that'll come right up behind her and say it's the same goddamn things that this bitch is going to say. What stand out is if you look at labor in the UK and you look at the more liberal side <sighs> of, of the Democrats or progressive side of Democrats, it w the example would be Medicare for all. And that is a fundamental sticking point. If you tell 160 million uh, people that they are going to lose their, their health care and the government's oh going God. to take care of you, that is a big deal changer, and that is... Fuck you. <laughs> How many times do I have to say it? <laughs> How many times do we have to listen to this shit? We're gonna tell a hundred million fucking people are gonna lose it. How about the 85 million Americans that have nothing? Okay, how many times I gotta fucking say this? Oh my god. That we're gonna tell them, go die. So this unpatriotic bitch wants us to say, ah, oh, it's very American to leave millions behind. Let them die. Same old argument. We're going to rip health care from people by giving them health care. It's no wonder I'm nuts. I'm crazy. No wonder. I'm not crazy, actually. I'm just normal. I'm normal. I, I wish I didn't see. I wish. I would be happier.
I wish I couldn't. I was somebody who didn't pay attention. I, it's never been me, though. Holy Christmas. It never stops. But let's not allow them to get away with it. We're go it's going to be really difficult. I don't know how I'm going to get through if they, they do it to us again. If I have to wake up the day after Election Day and, and have to get on this show and we're all, we all have to commiserate another four years, it's over. Boobies, it's over. It really is. The grand experiment will be dead. The Republicans are murdering it, and the Democrats are, they are accomplices. The so-called Democrats. That's not what the UK election meant. It, what it, to me, it meant that you don't run somebody who can't run a goddamn campaign. You know? I mean, these idiots, they, they just, they see what they want to see because they like the way it is. They like the least upwardly mobile country. They like that they are rapaciously wealthy. They don't give a shit. They're not living out here. They're in the ivory tower. They want to make sure we remain nice and divided, fighting amongst ourselves and scared and going on GoFundMe for cancer treatments and hoping that we're hanging by a thread that nobody cuts that thread while we have uh, uh, as many more days as we do on this limited lifespan planet that we're living. So we have to... Just don't, don't pester them. That's the purpose of the corporate media. And whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, they, shame on Pete Buttigieg for, ha for sucking ass of a billionaires behind closed doors and fighting for the actual change this country needs to survive. This grand experiment that all those soldiers died for. It breaks my heart. It really does. Sometimes I go to the cemetery, Calvary Cemetery, and I cry looking at the Civil War graves, thinking of those young men who sacrificed their lives. And I'm not kidding. It does. It brings, it makes me cry. <sighs> because did they die in vain? I said to my uncle, actually, he was in, he's pushing 80 now. I talked about, I, I, I spoke to him about uh, Peter Welsh, the Civil War veteran who died at Spotsylvania, shot in the arm, died of an infection 10 days later. And... His wife wrote a book, compiled a book of his letters from the from the battlefield, and this was an Irish immigrant who, believe, who signed up for, for service in the Union because he believed in the Republic, he believed in America. He this was the greatest country. This was the greatest chance, for a for for a, for the a more perfect Union. And he gave his life. And my uncle, he said, that's, that, there you go. That's why we have to get rid of this Twitler. Now, my uncle's 80 years old. He's been, he's seen a lot. He's seen, he, he was a young man. He's in uh, World War II, but too young to serve, but saw life after the New Deal. Grew up in a, in a country that had a 90% top marginal tax rate and an estate tax 
and welcomed immigrants. Not that there wasn't racism, but they welcomed immigrants as a policy because we were a nation of immigrants. We embraced it. That's what makes us strong. And he said, we have to get rid of this filthy fascist. Well, I'm putting that those words. He said, this is what we have to get rid of. He didn't say filthy fascist. I put the filthy fascist in there. But because this country was built on immigrants, it's an offense. So these fascists don't need any help from Democrats. All right, it's really over the time. I got to go, guys. Become a patron. And also, thank you for the super chats. Oh, Jesus. See this cat? We're going to probably have a, uh, a tarot buster during the week. I will try. I'm going to try to do, who knows? I don't want to overpromise, but we'll see what happens, as Trump would always say. You can't even say we'll see what happens anymore without ugh, getting grossed out. Listen, we stick together. We win, and that's how we're going to win. Whether it's the DLC or the right-wingers in the fascist Republican Party the Putin puppet party, we're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of humanity. Thank you for hanging out with me. Go to patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. I will see you very soon.